Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have another lovely new guest for the show. He is a so-called anarchist, a veteran, an author, a web and graphic designer, and a solutions analyst. He is brilliant, and you guys are absolutely going to love him. Welcome, Mr. Jeffrey Han. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to have this conversation. Thank you for uh, Nate from the Reality Czars for hooking us up. I appreciate you. You are such a sweetheart. So tell me a little bit about you. Um, well, I mean, early on, I grew up in Orlando, uh, spent a lot of time there, uh, got into computer work out of high school. Um, went into the military uh, in 2007, went infantry, uh, so kind of 180 from computer work. <laughs> a little uh, bit. <laughs> yep, yep. After a few years of infantry, I then did uh, cyber intelligence with like Army Cyber Command outside of D.C. Uh, and then I uh, ended up having uh, two hip surgeries, which got me out of the military. So and then from there, I jumped into um, business analysis and like software development. Uh, and from that, um, say about two, kind of what led me to this point in 2015, I learned the Trivium method of critical thinking, like an actual step-by-step -step process to how to critically think as a skill set, going through mm -hmm. grammar, logic, and rhetoric in order. Uh, that led me to the first topic I kind of researched using this kind of process, uh, was climate change. And, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, I, I can I mm. admit that Al Gore, his video, you know, Infinite right. Truth, like I was, I, I thought it was science, right? Mm -hmm. So, but once you actually start looking into that type of stuff, you see there's so many lies and half truths and manipulation and mm -hmm. things like that. So that led me towards getting into plasma cosmology and electric universe theory and seeing how our climate is really controlled by the sun and you know solar weather and right. that is the most the major influence on earth is those things not human mm -hmm. uh, activity so from there um i uh after i learned that and started getting into that in 2016 i started writing my first uh, article was on why taxation is theft mm -hmm. um this whole process pretty much led me quick to becoming an anarchist, learning like actual definitions, seeing how most people use definitions incorrectly um, right. to words and you're using the words incorrectly. And from that point, you know, I just started writing over the years. In 2019, I wrote, I started getting into the medical um, aspects of it. I wrote about uh, vaccines and mm -hmm. um, uh, informed consent and I kind of focused on the MMR vaccine which I'm glad that happened in 2019 because again you know by the end of that year all of a sudden we had COVID right so, and, and when COVID <laughs> hit that was when it started showing up in December and people started talking about it I realized that the narrative being pushed was different mm -hmm. so uh come March March to May-ish uh time frame I started writing uh, an article on COVID and that was about 14,000 words. Uh, so I released that early in 2020, kind of everything I could find on it, you know, why we shouldn't fear it, kind of explaining how the 
the vaccines that they were starting to talk about and push were going to become annual vaccines and that mm-hmm. you know, all coronaviruses are common cold viruses and right. that you should fear them and <laughs> things like that. So I did that. Uh, two years later, I released another report on COVID-19 and that was about 19,000 words. From there, I spent about eight months and put together my book, uh, COVID-19, Short Path Till You'll Own Nothing and You'll Be Happy. Welcome to the New Age of Tyranny. Uh, and again, that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy is a World Economic Forum prediction that they came mm-hmm. out in 2018. And it was in one of their video advertisements that they said it, that by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And that's one right. of their predictions. Mr. And again, that comes that agenda 2030 and things like that. So um, my book is about 348 pages long and I cover 181 uh, different references and 141 of those is published journal studies. Mm-hmm. So uh, my book is highly detailed, um, just going through everything I could find. Uh, and I start with critical thinking, why we shouldn't trust government, propaganda, informed consent, the great reset, how it all plays into everything that we're seeing. And by the end of the book, I realized or going through the whole process is that COVID-19 was a live fire exercise to what's really coming. There is more coming. It's not, it wasn't just some fluke thing. It was pre-planned, worked Mm -hmm. through, and there's clear steps Mm -hmm. and evidence showing that it was, it wasn't just some simple lab leak and that people were reacting to some new issue coming out that this was planned and step-by-step, you know, lockstep to what we're seeing today and it's it's going to get worse oh a hundred percent that's one of the things that we uh like to talk about a lot on my show is the things that we know that are in the pipeline because i one of my very best friends um was a virologist um that worked on a lot of the quote let's take this uh, so-called, you know, virus or whatever. I don't believe in viruses and bacteria, but well, let's take this so-called virus and, and let's manipulate it and change it, uh, into a bioweapon so that we can make the cure. So that's the work that she did. Mm-hmm. And so between comparing notes of things that I read and things that she's done and worked on, I'm like, okay, well, these are the things that I know are in the pipeline that are coming. And then you go and research and the government already owns um, all of the vaccines for it. They already yeah. own all of all of the treatments for it. And I'm like, that's, it's going to be a never-ending cycle of just yeah. garbage. You know, one of my uh, friends that I knew when I was in high school, uh, she's a virologist and she worked at Temple University or is at Temple University. And they came out mm-hmm. with a study in October of 2020 on COVID-19 showing that the spike proteins from COVID-19 were actually entering the, getting past the blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. And cause they were confirming it from cadavers that they were finding. Right. And right. So it was showing that the spike proteins were actually causing issues and were actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had asked her, I was like, well, if the mRNA vaccines are causing you to produce these spike proteins, wouldn't that also cause the damage and stuff like that? And she said, it's a good point. Um, However, mRNA doesn't last long within the body. uh, And so it shouldn't be an issue. 
Well, fast forward to now, we now know that the mRNA that was in these vaccines, they're actually synthetic mRNA. Correct. And they were lasting way longer. And mm -hmm. it was causing these spike proteins not just to be localized, but to go everywhere in every right. organ, into the brain, and cause these issues. So I think that COVID-19 was a bioweapon they were created, but it was something simplistic that wasn't really going to cause issues if you knew how to treat it properly. Mm -hmm. But the real bioweapon was actually the vaccines. Right. And I believe it's 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 playing into what we're going to be running into in the next couple of years. Uh, there was a an intelligence report. I want to say it came out in like 2017 or 16, somewhere around there. Um, I have it linked in my book. But this intelligence report said by 2025, the end of 2025, somewhere around there, that the U.S. population would drop by 70 percent. And so, and this is a, an intelligence agent, a private intelligence agency that was tied to the Rockefellers and things like that. So mm -hmm. what's coming, uh, the potential and risk of, of a major uh, population decline, especially in Western culture, is, you know, paramount that that risk is still there. And what we're seeing that, you know, the um, excess deaths is now what they're calling it, not sudden deaths anymore, but excess deaths of you know, they're like 300, 400% higher than what they should be mm -hmm. compared to like 2019. Well, and even <clears throat> like the, the fares data is not a, not a reliable tracking source for that because it is so underreported. It's so it, underused because working as a nurse and having to use that system, oh, it's, it's it is so complicated. Yep. as a healthcare professional to put anything in theirs. And if you have, you know, you're a floor nurse and you have tons of other patients, you don't have, you know, five, six hours to sit down at the computer and, and fill out this, yep. this garbage stuff. And that's the, exactly the reason mm -hmm. why they did it. Because yeah. And the VARS database is the only official tracking system for right. vaccine industries. There's unofficial ones that the pharmaceutical companies have hidden but mm -hmm. the VARS is the only official one and right. they purposely not they purposely not fund it so that it is backlogged severely backlogged i mean mm -hmm. they're like six months a year backlogged with the amount right. of influx of cases that have come in mm -hmm. and uh there is a uh report by the um government that came out the lars uh report saying that only one percent of the actual injuries and, and cases are being reported. Correct. So when yeah. you look at how many cases are there now, that if even if it was only at a, even if it was ten percent, that the numbers is out like completely dwarfs anything COVID nineteen did, mm -hmm. and it's it's only going to get worse because it's again that's the only the reported cases. Right. So and it's definitely a, an interesting time. <laughs> now doesn't the military have their own reporting system? Uh, I don't think so. I think they, I mean, they might have a database somewhere um, through um, their medical process, but mm -hmm. I don't remember ever running across an actual database that I could go and look through and see data on. So I think anything would, they would have just been like, we'll report at the VARS. Well, the interesting thing is, um, like I said, yesterday we were <clears throat> discussing the, the Jason Group, um, they're connected to the MITRE Corporation and uh, the DOD. Mm -hmm. And so 
they have all almost all of their stuff is is classified as far as the reports and stuff but the interesting thing when you research the the Jason group and this Mitre corporation that are <clears throat> also tied to the three letter agencies which shall remain nameless <laughs> um they have tons of projects that are listed some of them have hyperlinks where you can go in and actually read the documentation. Some of them do not. Um, but if you dig, really, really dig, there's, they're literally in everything. They're in our medical records system. Uh, thank you, Obama, for putting that into law where every healthcare provider has to go electronic. Um, they're in cybersecurity. They're in surveillance systems. They're in um, any government-funded laboratory. They control all of government funding projects, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> it is like the longest list. It is like 240 mm -hmm. projects listed that are tied to uh, vaccine manufacturer, uh, you know, bioweapons, bioengineering, all kinds of just crazy ass stuff that all ties into mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting that you like speaking that uh, dealing with contracts and stuff. So like in, um, uh, November of 2019, there was a, a contract awarded by the DOD and, mm -hmm. uh, the, the main contract ended up doing a subcontract out to this labyrinth, uh, labyrinth, uh, global mm -hmm. health incorporated to do mm -hmm. a um a SME a SME manuscript documentation for COVID-19 and this mm -hmm. was in Nova November of 2019 so right. you know, well a month before it was supposedly discovered um well the person who uh, owns that company actually was VP of um the UK and Ukraine area for um uh, meta bio biota uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, it was the um the Hunter Biden's uh, right. company that he was using to generate millions of dollars for and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, that was partnered with EcoHealth Alliance and things like that. That all had a hand in. Um, there's evidence pointing to them helping design and create COVID nineteen. Absolutely. And, and it all so it's all this all these people are intertwined and connected to the Biden mm -hmm. and everything. And so like. I don't I don't vote for for anyone. So like I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. And a lot of people they're like, you know, they hate Biden, but they'll love Trump. And but a lot of people forget that Trump brought us the the Operation Warp Speed. Warp Speed. Mm -hmm. He brought us the vaccines. And right. everyone just is quick to just ignore that and just kind of focus on Biden because Biden was like, I'm going to make it mandatory for federal workers and, you know, employees throughout the U.S. But it was already there and then that that law you know it finally fell through and because it got challenged through courts but it still took years to kind of go through right and, and so it's just people just don't realize what's coming next uh there's evidence showing that uh they've already developed a bird flu hybrid uh virus that will most likely be the next pandemic um an ex-cdc director actually uh used uh came on and was interviewed saying that the next pandemic is going to be a bird flu pandemic the real and, pandemic and that doesn't surprise me because in all of my years nursing uh bird flu swine flu 
uh, you know, and, and they would come up with the vaccination and then they quickly took them off the market because of a very small group of deaths mm -hmm. or injury. And I'm like, that was nothing compared to the wide scale problems that we see now. Mm -hmm. from stuff. And I will tell you that one of the things that that uh, Jason slash Mitre Corporation, because they're like married, um, they were working on the Human Genome Project mm -hmm. and they were working on nucleic acid vaccinations back in 2016. Yeah. And it, I think it's, it's interesting, like going back to critical thinking, you start with grammar and it's always about definitions and making sure the terms that you're using are the correct terms when you're talking mm -hmm. with someone, because right. if you have a different definition to a term that I'm using, we're miscommunicating. Right. You're Absolutely. Have so when you look at vaccines, you got to go, well, what's a vaccine? And it all comes down, it comes back to, you know, smallpox where they use cowpox on a small child. And, <laughs> Cow pus. Yeah. And got, you know, and got them infected with cow, uh, cowpox, but then that mm -hmm. made them immune to smallpox. And that was the first vaccination. And I use quote. Right. So the right. idea of vaccination was supposed to be to eliminate and stopping a, right. the spread of a, a disease. Well, mm -hmm. now when you look at the how the CDC and the government uses the definition of vaccine, it's now just as a more a not prevent, but more of lessen the symptoms. So mm -hmm. vaccine has become not what it was, but more of a, oh, it'll it'll benefit you, maybe. And, right, and right. Because of the law of 1986, uh, the Child Vaccine um, Act of 1986, uh, mm -hmm. all all liability for vaccines are gone. So now right. they, as long as they throw the word vaccine behind whatever drug they come up with, they are mm -hmm. Im immune to liability claims. Right. And it's, it's, it's disastrous. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a definitely a slippery slope that they're, they're using to generate a lot of money at the, the expense of people that don't know better. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that every time they come up with something and I, it, and this is like, Every vaccination, wink, wink, that they come out with, you know, when they first came out with the varicella vaccination for chickenpox, it was like, one will prevent you from getting it. And then, you know, of course, they put it on the federal schedule. They made it mandatory for kids to go to school. So the kids would come in, they'd get the vaccination, they'd come back later, and they had chickenpox. And so we're calling up the State Department of Health going, hey, um, there's a problem here. And they're like, oh, oh, it's OK. We'll do two. That'll definitely uh, take care of it. It'll prevent it. And so we ended up being a reporting agency for the state because the cases that we were seeing were so severe. Mm hmm. Uh, it was literally head to toe in every single person. And it wasn't that they would just get chicken pox once they would get it over and, and over and over again, kind of like what we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, even along the same lines, like the MMR vaccine, when I was writing mm -hmm. on that, I tried to get my eight year old uh, his mother wanted to get him vaccinated. I didn't want him to get him vaccinated from the research I had done. Right. And so uh, because 
being a man in, in Washington state, you don't have as much control over your child when parents split or when they're not together or something like that. So I could only fight so hard and Mm -hmm. trying to keep it. And so I relented with the first one because in the product instructions for the MMR, it states that you don't need the second dose as long as the first dose takes. So as long as you get tested and you show that you have have a tiger. Yep. And so we got that done, but because the school wanted two doses and she wouldn't argue it and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting, she went behind my back and got him a second dose for it, even though he was already immune to it. And I'm like, getting a second dose doesn't do anything. And there's just a lot of people that don't know this actual science behind these things. And right. she's a medical professional. And I use right. quotes. I mean, she's, she, she's a, I guess, a, a nurse for some things, but she doesn't know about vaccines. She's just, oh, no, 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 they're fine. That's the problem with the medical industry and with nursing or physicians in general, when you go to school, the learning that you have is based on, you know, the Rockefeller system. It Mm -hmm. is not, they own all the education. It's not directed toward dietary, naturopathic, Mm -hmm. um, look what vaccinations do. Here's the information that you can find on vaccinations. So, I've already atoned for that because I ran the vaccine for children program. And when I started getting information from the state on things that were coming and I'm reading it, I got terrified. My mm-hmm. daughter got vaccine injured and that is what like changed my life, woke me up. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know, and and it takes a long time for somebody that's in that profession to be like retrained and look at the facts here is, you know, you can go to the CDC's own website and you can type in vaccine excipient summary and it will bring up a, a page. It comes out of the pink book that they have, but it will bring up literally the list of quote extra ingredients in every vaccination that is available other than COVID until that's actually approved, approved and not just emergency use. But you can go through each one line by line, each manufacturer and see the heavy metals, the detergents, Mm -hmm. um, all of the different animal cells, uh, fetal tissue, literally anything and everything. There's antibiotics in some of them. Why would you need to add antibiotics to a vaccination? Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, issues um, around the whole thing. One of the things I found interesting was even though uh, dealing with like fetal cells that are mm-hmm. in it, that are like in the MMR, MMR vaccine and a right. bunch of other ones. But those fetal lines, it's basically they clone these cells from the the um uh from a male and female fetuses that were aborted what in like the 70s mm-hmm. and what people don't realize is that they keep cloning it and cloning it and it they're not testing for any genetic uh changes they're right. just assuming 
that it's the exactly the same as the original line, not realizing that that's not how things work. They mutate, they change. Right. I was going to say there's tissue denigration as well, mm -hmm. and and things break down by natural. Yep, you know, and none of that's being tested, and no one realizes mm -hmm. that that's that's what's going into these injectables. And mm -hmm. you know, when you're injecting, you're absorbing it way more than if it was topical or oral. Or and again, that absorption rate, people don't realize that there's a difference to it. So when they're like, "Oh, well, our body already has this naturally in it," and I'm like, "Yeah, but now you're injecting more mm -hmm. and more and more, and that's not including what else, what else you're getting in the environment." that's already there, like the pesticides that they use for everything. And mm -hmm. it's just, it all plays into this. And when you look back at it, it, it's funny or like, I shouldn't say funny, but it's interesting. So like the Kissinger report that came out um, a long time ago, basically said how they were going to attack third world countries, but the only way that they could really attack these third world countries and economically destable them and do all this stuff to them and not seem like this big, bad, you know, uh, government and society was attacking them is you had to do it to yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the stuff we see is the exact same that they're doing overseas, but they're also doing it stateside because they don't want to seem like they were causing, you know, just focusing on just a third world country. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see a lot of the problems we have. And I, my theory is, is that it was China, Russia, um, mainly China focusing on the West and purposely targeting the West to destabilize the West so that mm -hmm. it can drop because again, you know, West versus East type thing and right. they take over. Uh, and so I believe that is the direction we're still heading and it'll be uh, interesting to see how the next few years plays out um, with it. Well, and, and thinking about that too, like the amount of, border crossing that's going mm -hmm. on and people are reporting on huge numbers of Chinese men oh, yeah. at the border. And that's not if even they, including who they were, how many were already here. They already had at least 50,000 people in cells and stuff already in the U S all right. over, even before any of this all started. I mean, probably even more than that. So, so my question is, if they're supposed to be a, a communist country and all of their people are very controlled and stuff, how are all of those people getting here other than the plain and simple fact that that's, it's like a plan, Oh, it is. you know, because they're there, it has to be that there's no other explanation because oh, yeah, they no, would it, not be able to be here. And, it, and it's a way to destabilize a culture. And I would say America, and I use quotes as a culture because we're right. a mishmash of like everything. Right. And, but to way to influence that you just flood it with different views and cultures and it right. slowly will change. I mean, there's towns and cities and various States that have passed Michigan. laws now that allow um <laughs> non-citizens to be the police force right and i'm like that that's just a huge slippery slope that we're getting into for mm -hmm. all of this and right. it, it's definitely uh, it's pre-planned and there's a reason behind it and it'll be that you know hindsight 2020 oh why did we let all these people in because you know it collapsed the economy mm -hmm. and that's the thing about a welfare state is that uh, the only way a welfare state can actually last is if you had true closed borders Right. Otherwise, a welfare state is just going to grow, grow, grow until it collapses. And I, that's the whole point is that 
the U.S. economy is about to collapse. Right. I mean, we're at $32 trillion in debt. That's completely unsustainable. They mm-hmm. put so many new dollars on the books uh, because of COVID and other things that uh, we're seeing huge amounts of in- inflation. And like all of the, and I say again in quotes, experts say, oh, we had no idea how, why inflation is so high. And I was like, well, it's because you just printed so much new money or, or <laughs> put it on the books, not necessarily printed it, but just put it in their digital ledgers that, oh, now this is available. We can print when we want to, if it's, uh, you know, um, by the Federal Reserve. And right. so that is what's really devaluing all of the U.S. dollar. And it's going to come to a head that eventually it's going to collapse. And that's why they're pushing more towards the um, a central bank digital currency. Mm-hmm. And we're going that route because then it allows them to also track, you know, everyone's spending a lot easier because it'll be a blockchain type ledger. Mm-hmm. Which they, you know, that's kind of been going on for quite a while anyway, because, you you know, society moved away from cash, you know, and, and using checks to everybody has a bank card. Mm-hmm. Everybody uses everything online. Everything's digital banking and all of that stuff. And so it's like your whole life is online now for them to control. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, especially with you uh, doing cybersecurity and and stuff like that, I'm sure that you probably have stories of things that you have seen and encountered and uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I love technology. I, I prefer digital. I don't like carrying cash on me, but I also feel that, any, anytime you have a phone near you, you should assume it's listening. You should assume right. you're being monitored. Right. Any, any webcam, like all of it. Right. If if the government, if someone in the government who really has access to this stuff really wants to target you, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop that. Right. Unless you Absolutely. just don't have technology and you're completely off grid. Right. That is the really the only way to kind of protect yourself. Otherwise, you should assume you're always being monitored. And it sucks because we shouldn't be. Uh, but one of the things is that it's really AI monitoring, not a human. Because mm-hmm. there's not enough intelligence agency uh, AI, analysts in the world to monitor everyone. So right. they have to have it in one group or being monitored by like AI. And then it spits out for someone to actually read and process and mm-hmm. things like that. So you're not actually having eyes on you by a human. At some point, unless you're being specifically targeted, like, you know, you get, you know, podcasting and you um, get really popular that could get you targeted yeah. like that. But most people, they're not actually monitoring mm-hmm. per se. So ha- let me let me back up to like when you were growing up, what made you decide that you wanted to get into computers? Were you always tinkering with stuff? Yeah. I mean, even when like with like, like early on and just straight DOS and then like Windows 3. Oh, see, I remember DOS. Yeah. Early on, like the 90s. I mean, I I grew up, you know, throughout the 80s and into the 90s. So I got to experience the birth of technology while still living in an analog world, you know, Mm -hmm. going out, not having game systems or things like that and then atari and then game boy and Mm -hmm. those type of things and then you know experiencing the internet through the 90s and then the internet bubble and how it exploded and where it's come and how it's become more definitely a more digital world versus an analog world 
Mm -hmm. um, so I just really got into doing that, into web design, graphic design, uh, networking, uh, things like that. And uh, so I, I just got really good at it. So I kind of stuck with it. And then early on, I always had a feeling that something was coming and something big. And mm -hmm. I kind of figured that, you know, all societies that have ever existed have all crashed at some point, have all right. ended at some point. And why can't that happen with ours? So mm -hmm. my general assumption was, well, that will happen. So that was one reason why I actually joined the military, because I wanted to get trained for the potential of a full economic collapse. And I wanted to be able to protect myself and my family or whoever I'm with at the time. Mm -hmm. So that was one reason why I ended up joining the military. So um, how long did you serve? Uh, six years. Did you did you end up going like a lot of different places overseas? Nope. No, no. Um, I uh, ended up. So when I was infantry, uh, I, there was about when I first got to my unit, uh, they were about to get back from Iraq and uh there was another unit that was losing people like every other day and so they were needing volunteers out of 15 of us that volunteered only nine went i ended up not going so i stayed with my infantry unit i was with them for a couple of years and then i ended up breaking my hand in several places on an obstacle course which actually got me out of infantry um for the severity of the break mm -hmm. and so i ended up not deploying with them and then i went into um a signal intelligence and ended up doing cyber intelligence after training and then i was there for a couple years but the damage to my hips had already been done so i ended up having to get two hip surgeries and so i ended up never actually deploying so you had fun times yeah i mean it was it was definitely uh an interesting thing i got good training there was there's a lot of good and bad about the military uh i know i definitely don't agree with what they do compared to when I first went in. Um, but it's still, I, I went in for the training and to kind of see how, how it really worked and functioned. And mm -hmm. um, so it was at least a, a good experience in that respect because I got that out of it. I think it's very um, telling how it has changed so much over time. Mm -hmm. My whole entire family was military except me. Um, so like everybody and all different branches and it's like going from that to the people that are enlisting now that are having to take like gender studies and, and that kind <laughs> of shit in, in military, uh -huh. you know, and I'm just like, I, I, it's gone. Whoo. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, I mean, and I believe that if you really see, who's putting those pieces together and where mm -hmm. it's coming from, you'll see that it traces back to like China pushing it because mm -hmm. it destabilizes the military. Right. That's why they push for everyone to get vaccinated in the military too. Right. Because if you, if you, if it is, if the vaccines are a true bioweapon and they're a trigger that it takes up to like four or five years to truly see the damage of it starting to happen, mm -hmm. we're only starting to get into, you know, what caused it i mean we're in now year three about right. to enter so it's it's still coming and mm -hmm. if that's true then our military is about to be crippled well and you guys have been experimented on in the military oh, yeah. so yeah. much and even the the 
quote, vaccinations have changed because, you know, several of them, <clears throat> I can't remember what it was. I think it was typhoid mm -hmm. that, that changed and they pulled it off and then just reformulated and, and put it back in. And that kind of stuff literally happens all the time. Same thing with like manufacturer of drugs, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll be like, oh, this is super dangerous. We just found this out. We're going to pull it off the market. They pull it off the market. They rebrand it under another name and they put it right back on the market as something else. Yep. And, and it's that, the yeah, exact yeah, same thing. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I like using um uh, the polio vaccine because everyone likes to jump on to polio of why vaccines are great. Not mm -hmm. realizing that the first polio vaccine actually killed a lot of kids and right. injured a bunch of them because it right. was contaminated and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then also the fact that um, the OPV is the live virus right. of polio vaccine. And it's no longer licensed for the U.S. because it was causing people to get polio. Right. And absolutely. that's why they only do the IPV, the inactive version. But mm -hmm. OPV is still being pushed by like Bill Gates and, you know, Africa mm -hmm. and other stuff like that. Right. To the point where the most prevalent form of polio in the wild is the vaccine derived polio. Right. And, uh, it was loud, uh, end of 2022 when New York came out saying, oh, we detected polio in our and sewer, sewer. And mm -hmm. like that. That was actually the vaccine derived uh, polio that it, it wasn't a wild, the wild version. Which they have like a heat map of that now that I was looking at the other day. And almost all of the United States has detected that in the sewage system mm -hmm. or water supply. A lot of places it's been in the water. But there was maybe five states that didn't have it in there, but everybody else did. And then it, it went from severity categories. Yeah. So I live in a severity state, super duper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not scared though, because, you know, having worked through MERS and SARS, you know, like this is nothing. And like you mentioned earlier, textbook flu it is actually listed in multiple textbooks that I still have where it says coronavirus flu. Yep. It's just a common cold. That's yeah. Just a, that's all it is. It's just a, a typical one, which is why they'll, any, any coronavirus that ever comes out, it's always going to be endemic because mm -hmm. you can't get rid of it. It's just something that's going to be there and you know, it'll, it'll change over time. Mm -hmm. uh, Another thing I found kind of along the, these same lines while I was doing my research, I looked into HIV. And oh, yeah. I just did a show about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a section in my book that I cover about HIV and how uh, a lot of cases, there was like 5,000 cases of HIV that uh, didn't, or there was 5,000 cases of AIDS that didn't have HIV. Mm -hmm. That it was there was no virus that caused it, or there was no detection of HIV, but they had AIDS. And so Fauci actually took all of those and basically threw them away mm -hmm. for his report in the 80s and when he pushed his policies for HIV and said, Oh no, it's only it only comes from our uh, AIDS, it only comes from HIV. 
And mm-hmm. so then his his policies was to push AZT, which actually is what really killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and you know what? He's such a scum bucket because <laughs> he was involved in um, a blood scandal. He was oh, involved yeah. in a hepatitis B scandal. And it's like, how is this man still doing anything with public health? Now he's like an advisor to a pharmaceutical company absolutely. in Italy. Well, and then you also know that um, he had um, patents on one of the HIV strings. Um, I'd have to find out. uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it's one of his patents dealing with um, HIV, just like a little segment in the sequence of it. Well, that segment, there's a report showing that that segment was in the coronavirus and the -hmm. the COVID and, and for the spike protein. Right. So if that's true and that spike protein, that sequence was used in these vaccines, then he's mm-hmm. getting kickbacks from all of the vaccines and he's a hundred percent money. Well, and that's why when they interviewed him in front of Congress, he would not disclose oh, any yeah, relation, any financially yeah. relationships with, you know, Everything. any any vaccine manufacturer or or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing is corrupt and no one should trust anything by these people and everything mm-hmm. they do. It's not in for our best interest. It's to line their pockets with a greater nefarious role behind it. Even if they're they don't know, they know that they're getting paid and they're not getting vaccinated. Right. So they they just these people are just pure evil. Well, and even that the head of Pfizer BioNTech was like, no, I'm not going to get vaccinated. My family hasn't been vaccinated. Our workers aren't vaccinated. Is that what he said? Yeah. That's what it was. He said he was. We're going to make sure the population gets him first. First, Yeah. (laughs) And now I'll tell you that because Bill Gates has said that before, too, that uh, he doesn't allow like his children or whatever to get vaccinated, which he is a whole topic all on his own with his uh, research mm-hmm. and vaccination work in India. Well, he's actually and Africa. Every, every single thing dealing with COVID, every statistic, every company, every uh, vaccine manufacturer, the uh, groups that. Uh, dealt with transporting it or developing it. He's behind every single one. If you look at any of them, his name is behind it in some regard. Right. And like even the um dealing with like mass. Mass right. is a whole nother topic that I cover as a whole chapter on mass on why, you know, cloth masks and stuff like that. They're not PPE. Uh, right. They're not, they don't protect you. They're, you know, community protection. It says, it says that straight on the box. It does. That, that has not, it does absolutely nothing for COVID. And really where all of that came from was a statistical model that he, um, that a company that he was involved with came mm-hmm. up with and uh, Trump used that to, the Trump admin was pushing it and the CDC was pushing it in 2020 on, hey, this is why we should wear it, we should mask up. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that masks are absolutely nothing. They do nothing. They don't protect anything, especially dealing with COVID. They're not rated for that. I mean, even right. the N95 masks aren't really aren't rated for COVID. Right. You have to go higher. 
And right. so you have to have a properly rated respirator. But the, like I said, the statistical modeling, that's not true science. It's just math. And you can make statistics lie with about anything. What, and, and he even said that was his favorite book. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> How to lie with statistics. Interviews. He had it sitting on the desk. <laughs> Yeah. So that's a it's shocker. Just, it's it's interesting that and then when you tell people this, they you know, most people are like, Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, Yes, I am a conspiracy theorist because I believe there's a group of nefarious people plotting uh, our direct movements mm -hmm. and actions, like in the sense of theater. They right. are dictating stuff and you can see it. And I the, all the evidence is there, but you know, just some people will never will right. never be willing to believe it. And that's the thing. You can you can show them. Um, actual evidence, uh, studies that are being done, yep. you know, even like I said, from that Jason group and, and the MITRE Corporation, even looking into all of that, you could show people absolutely anything, but they have so much cognitive dissonance. And I think a lot of times too, people don't want to be wrong. Yep. And they and they don't want those old and, beliefs to die. Well, and there's like physical pain. Like they they've right. shown that that being wrong and something attacking your belief structure is almost like a physical pain that people right. feel from. And right. so, so the U.S. Uh, education system has been transformed over time, and they they brought in the Prussian education system and the classical trivium, and that's what our our public education system is made of and the right. classical trivium is all about creating a circle body of knowledge and keep keeping people within it and you're right. not supposed to step outside of that knowledge base right you know you get your hands slapped if you you try to delve or get away from what they're teaching you mm -hmm. so you have that as the foundational work of education and then the prussian education system was designed after the prussians lost against napoleon and their parliament decided that it was because the the soldiers were thinking for themselves right. so they created this um system to remove the ability uh, to think for yourself so you mm -hmm. had blind obedience towards authority so our our education system is actually geared to creating literacy slaves, those who are smart enough to work, but not smart enough to think for themselves, who have blind obedience towards authority. And right. the Prussians later turned into the Nazis. And so mm -hmm. that's the direction we're going with education. And now we have generations that have been taught and indoctrinated oh, from, definitely. from, you know, first to 12th grade and then even college for generations now. And that's why we're in this mess or one of the reasons. And the critical thinking has been removed from the mm -hmm. school system because you don't have to do like critical thought anything in any of the coursework. Um, it's, except it's a lot easier to control people if they don't know how to critically think. Except the students that would take my classes, it was mandatory. It was required in every assignment that I gave them. Um, every reading, every test, whatever, I'm like, nope, you have to reason this out. Tell me why what you're saying makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your thought process is behind it and what are the outcomes going to be if you do this. They don't even want nursing students or medical students to have the ability to do that. They're they're taking away all of that ability and and making it so it is straight like book word for word this is what you say this is what you do 
And that's not how the real world works. No, and it it does not allow room for imagination and growth and to challenge even the status quo of, hey, what you're doing is actually killing people. You shouldn't do that. Like take um, uh, ventilators. When COVID was going around and people were dying, that they you had a 80, 90% chance of dying if you were put on a a respirator. Right, right, absolutely. Because COVID was causing it that you weren't just getting enough oxygen into your bloodstream, and it was the transfer process between the lungs, not the amount of oxygen you had in the lungs. Mm -hmm. So they're going, oh, well, you have COVID, we need to breathe for you so you get enough oxygen. But that wasn't what the problem was. You could still breathe fine. It was the absorption of the oxygen into the Mm -hmm. blood. And because the vac- the ventilators weren't being calibrated correctly, they were blowing people's lungs up. Right. And that's why they were dying. And then they, the hospitals would get like, you know, $50,000 per death. Of yep. Someone was lined up um, on a ventilator. The insurance companies were paying out. So places like New York had a huge influx of money into a cash strapped, you know, a debt ridden uh a system mm-hmm. and it was basically like a financial windfall of all these people dropping dead i mean right. people that were completely there was reports of people that were completely healthy and having no problems but they were like oh you just tested positive for covid we're going to go ahead and put you in an induced coma and put you on a ventilator and then the person died when they mm-hmm. actually had no symptoms beyond oh you tested positive right and that's the thing um and i've tried to explain that to people before that anytime there is a pandemic um, or emergency use authorization put in place or anything like that, money is funneled into that. And any diagnosis or treatment related to that diagnosis for that health epidemic, they get tons and tons and tons of money. Hospitals make tons of money. Doctor's offices make tons of money because the federal government is basically paying you off to say that Johnny, who came in with a broken leg, is positive for COVID. Yep. Uh, Actually, here in Washington state, there is gunshot victims, someone who died of a gunshot victim that they initially labeled as COVID related because they tested positive for COVID after they were dead. And it was like, but they had a gunshot. Like, what do you... And I mean, but that was in every state pretty much that you were, you would see cases like that. And, you know, when you tried to tell people that it was happening, they're like, no, that's not happening. But you're like, look, and there's people are just lying with statistics. They were diverting many of the flu cases early on. Um, So in uh, early 2020, they had a huge influx of flu cases that it Mm -hmm. was, you know, some of the highest they had seen massive amount of flu cases but it was when COVID was going around and they weren't really testing for that yet. Right. And then by the end of 2020, all of a sudden flu disappeared and it was nothing but COVID cases. And you're like, right. come on, it's not. It, it, it's it, literally you know. the exact same test that you yeah. test for flu A, flu B, strep yeah, and, the, and COVID. The it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. The solution is exactly the same. The yep. only difference was how they calibrated the machines. Yeah, and even the real-time uh, PCR test that uh, the um, Dr. Mullis, Carrie Mullis, who developed right. it and got a, um, a, a, a like the Nobel Prize for it in 1993, he was a huge opponent of Fauci 
and how the government used his PCR uh, technique for years. I right. mean, he even openly said that Fauci was not a real scientist and that he was a fraud. And right. then, of course, he died in, um, in 2019, uh, a couple months before COVID happened, that he would have been. And I'm like, so I view that as... Mysteriously? Like, exactly. <laughs> and, but he even was said he that his test, his test, you can take something minuscule and find and make it and that's all it does is take right. something small and you make more of it so it's, it's testable it's the it amplification doesn't mean that it's infectious it doesn't mean it's transmissible or right. causing any issues it's just a technique for determining something that's there and he said if given enough time you can find anything with it Correct. and that, that would shows that most of this stuff was already in our bodies and you're just now digging it depends on how many cycles you do and things like that mm -hmm. for if you find it and it's measurable and then the cdc actually came out with um a lab report stating that uh the pcr test that they were using for the year and a half up to that point was actually not good and right. that it couldn't distinguish the difference between other coronaviruses or the Correct. flu or anything like that so mm -hmm. by the end of uh, 2022, they stopped using it in December. And then of course, that's when all of those home testing kits came out right. and then we started sending everyone these home testing kits. And that only came out because they had to switch it up and because the actual testing wasn't working anymore. Or Jason they had to come Group up with is new, also new... developing uh, their own PCR testing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's such a it's such a interesting topic and such a slippery slope because there's so many things that people don't understand about all of the different tentacles oh, involved yeah. in this and how deeply it goes. And, and how much effort it takes to dig up and connect the dots mm -hmm. and then find that information to actually tell a story uh, that you're being lied to. And most people just don't, they, most people are struggling day to day and they don't have the time to research anything. And so right. it's, it's hard to blame those people for just kind of being like, okay, well, you're, you're telling me this and kind of going with it. Um, but it's at the same, also the same time where that's on you when bad things start to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's only, the sad thing is it's only going to get worse where this, this new age of tyranny that I say that we have now entered is, is only going to expand and become even, even greater. Uh, so like thousands of years ago, Plato explained how government is a life cycle. Right. It's not something static. There's a lot of people that, you know, in the Liberty community are like, yeah, we're a constitutional Republic. And I'm like, well, we might have started out like that, right. but, but we are not. <laughs> well, we are no longer that. And right. the thing is after, so eventually you get into democracy and then after democracy comes tyranny. This is right. rinse and repeat. This was Plato had ample evidence thousands of years ago that this was the case. And you right. still see it today. We went through a democracy phase. People are still screaming democracy. And now we're going into full blown tyranny. Right. And now this tyranny, though, it's not just one government, it's worldwide. Right. And so that's why I like to say that we're entering this new age of tyranny or we have entered this new age of tyranny uh, because it's on a global scale. And mm -hmm. it's it's quite it's quite impressive how how much they control and what they're doing and what they've accomplished that there's not one person that you can straight take out that will change any of it. 
right There's now. There's voting our way out of this. Voting is not. I mean, you have uh, yeah. all of the the how they say, you know, the the election in 2020 or yeah, 2020 was stolen by Biden. And if Trump wins, the left is going to say that the the election was stolen by Trump. And it's just going to keep doing this. And people don't realize that voting doesn't help, doesn't do anything. It only makes things worse because the the overall general idea of what government is, is a fallacy. So right. government, the definition of government is a tool or action of control. That's what it is. That's what a mm -hmm. government is. It's a tool or right. action of control. And anarchism or anarchy is without rulers and absence of government. So right. it's without rulers and absence of uh, this, this idea of system of control. So mm -hmm. an anarchist is just someone who doesn't want to be ruled by this system of control. And if you're a free person, you shouldn't be controlled. Right. If you're being controlled, you're not free. It's one or the other. There's not any right. way around it. And again, if if all governments eventually lead to tyranny, then it is a fallacious idea to think otherwise. And the and, and um uh, a descriptor of what insanity is is doing something over and over and expecting expecting different something thought. different. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's that idea that people still believe in government, thinking we can change it, and that's not. That's not the way forward. We need to be able to evolve past the idea of needing government and finding mm -hmm. a solution that allows us to still function as societies because we are a society. We are we are drawn together. That's the only way humanity will continue to move on is by being together and working together and things mm -hmm. like that. So we need we do need uh, systems of facilitation. We do need systems in place to track like our property you know, vehicles, whatever. And so you still want those type of systems in place because I want to be able to know, hey, my property that I own is mine and that no one can just come in and take it, even mm -hmm. though, you know, by force someone could. Right. But you still want those systems in place. So we still need to look at those and need those type of things. But we need to understand that we don't want rulers. We want leaders. Right. We, want, we can have rules. We can have principles. We just don't want to be forced into... Uh, some rulership by some dictator or king or whatever you have or whatever the view of this government is. Because, I mean, even right. royalty is a, a form of government. Right. And and Absolutely. that's that's where a lot of people don't realize that anarchy, they think of barbarism where it's lawlessness and anyone can do whatever you want. And that's because that's what government is telling people. Because right. They want, government wants to maintain control. So anything that steps outside of that is is bad and right. get your hand slapped. And, and then your and then your neighbor Karen will go tattle on you for Absolutely. having different views than her. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. So it's it's definitely challenging. And so after tyranny comes revolution, and because the powers that be that are doing this, they know that that is the next step. That mm -hmm. as tyranny ramps up so does the fight against it. Mm -hmm. And they are they have planned and prepared for this for decades. So right. they know that it's coming. So any any revolution that happens, it will be scripted and it'll probably be televised and any true revol uh, uh, revolution will not happen. And right. what, I, what I don't like about revolution is a revolution is just starting back over. Right. It's just a, a full circle, right? That's what the definition of it is. So 
when you revolt against your current tyrannical government or whatever it is, and you revert back to an earlier form, you're still reverting back to something that's going to eventually lead back to tyranny. Right. So I like to say that we should evolve, not revolve. Right. That we should get to that point and fight back just like a revolution. But then we need to step out of that cycle, this endless cycle that's been going on thousands of years and realize that there is a better path forward. But the hard part is, is trying to convince people of that, of that, is that this this endless cycle is just a fallacy that we need to understand that there is a problem and that there are solutions that we can follow, but we need to have a group discussion and actually come to a path forward. And most people are still fighting for how to vote, who to vote right, for right. the next election, the next election. But I mean, eventually there's not going to be a next election. Right. And that's, you know, there are, uh, what was it Ukraine that said they're never going to have another election that he's just possible. basically going to stay in place. And there are rumblings of that here too. Uh, yep. <laughs> and I can see that happening because if you take away the illusion that people have, you know, uh, the uh, voting power or they have the right to choose or whatever, and it'd be like, this is what you get. I'm your ruler. And this is the way it's going to be. We are so easily duped as a population that we'll be like, oh, okay, that's, that's good. I, you know, it's too hard to like go out and vote or go out and, you know, do whatever. Just tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. People for whatever reason, like control like some, to be some controlled people like to be controlled some yeah. people enjoy it and they prefer it and or at least be told what to do and things like that so like there's definitely a, a psychological play and the people that are controlling i mean they have ample evidence i mean even looking back at to edward bernays and he wrote the book on propaganda mm -hmm. i mean it's almost what 100 years ago and right. it everything you see that he writes you see it being played out in society today Mm -hmm. And it's just all about propaganda and control and maintaining that control. And a lot of people talk, you know, have asked me, like, where do we see the future? Where is it going? Because eventually the tyranny needs to end. This is where I sometimes can lose people. So like how I mentioned that I got into electromagnetism and plasma cosmology as the fundamental principle of our reality, not mm -hmm. gravity, the centric. Because, you know, right now, mainstream science is like gravity is the main Gravity thing. is a theory. It's never been it, proven. Yep. And so with, with plasma cosmology, because like if you look out into space, everything you see is plasma. 99.99% of the observable universe is plasma. So we should be looking at plasma uh, electromagnetism as the underlying fundamental principle of how reality is put together. And through my research and what I've seen that there is ample evidence to suggest a disaster cycle that happens every three, six and 12,000 years. And mm -hmm. we're actually approaching very, very short in the near future, a 12,000 year disaster cycle. And as this is happening, you now see the earth's magnetic poles are flipping. They're currently racing towards each other in the Indian Ocean. Uh, mm -hmm. So our magnetic shield has significantly dropped over the last decade, uh, two decades. And this transfer, this movement of the poles actually started with the quarantine event in the 1800s. Right. And so it's only ramping up. And 
with the um, shields dropping, uh, solar flares and other space phenomena that have hit that we normally could handle no problem like in the 90s would devastate our technology today if we got mm -hmm. a direct hit with any of these. And that's why you're starting to see auroras a lot more and going further and further um, south or north of the poles and things like that. Uh, and the reason I say that there's um, cycles to this that, and it's not human activity causing it, is because when you look at other planets, all the other planets are also going through changes and humanity is not in those places. So you have to see that all of this stuff is connected. So there's evidence to suggest that there is a potential that the sun could micronova and just basically explode, not, not, or just shed its plasma as our solar system passes through the galaxy's current sheet. Because there's a positive and negative force in the galaxy, just like the solar system happens. And this is all, I mean, you can even go to NASA's website and see about the current sheet and that, you know, the, the sun's magnetic poles flip every 11 years and things like that. And so it all plays into this. So if this theory is correct, by 2035, 2050, somewhere around there, we might run into this disaster situation that happens every 12,000 years. And the power, the people that know what's going on, they're preparing for it. I mean, we have huge amounts of underground cities and highway systems built throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. All the celebrities have started building massive underground bunkers and things like that. And they're just told, you know, because of climate change, you know, everything's going to go bad. So you should start building your, you know, underground bunker. They might not know the actual true cause of what's coming. And if this theory is true, then everything we're seeing is gearing us towards this event. And then what to come after is whatever they deem as their new society or utopian. And I believe those maps have already been drawn out and determined who is going to own what areas when mm -hmm. the dust settles but you're right. talking billions of people vanishing or being wiped off and because mm -hmm. all of these events always come with a complete population decline of all species well and and interesting because at the beginning when we were talking about on uh, the prediction of reducing population by 70 percent or whatever there was a woman that spoke at the WEF here recently that said population reduction of 90%. Mm -hmm. well, and I mean, I'm like, wow. If you look at the Georgia Guidestones before they were destroyed, they it openly said that 500 million people should live in perpetual balance with nature mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they have to kill off 7.5 billion people. They only have to save close to that number. Mm -hmm. or less than and then let the population regrow to it mm -hmm. so i think that they're going to kill people off and so that they can then take over so my theory on the whole thing is that if china's really has been the chosen victor of what's to come and western culture is going to be destroyed they are going to attack western culture collapse the u.s they're going to start coming in more and more through the, either just straight um, immigration or they'll finally actually send boots on the ground. And maybe they show up with boots on the ground as the U.N. 
Because mm-hmm. if we have a full economic collapse and the U.S. dollar collapses and there's, you know, rioting everywhere and stuff like that, the U.N. will step in just like mm-hmm. any other country they would. And it could be a lot of people from China that helps. And I use quotes for that. And right. my theory is, is that that does happen. It's because they want access to the underground highway systems and city systems so that they can save more of their population and culture than Western culture. Right. It's really... You know, a lot of people think that, well, they, the U.S. might have developed all of these things because of potential nuclear war. Well, if nuclear war breaks out, no one, no, we're not going to be told until the missile hits. Right. Well, all of a sudden the missile goes off and now you're at nuclear war. How are you going to get, where's your nearest bunker? Where's mm-hmm. your nearest government, you know, facility to house all of that? People have no idea. So that isn't the purpose for those because, or we would know like, Hey, if there's ever a nuclear war, you go here, if you're in this area or here in this area, and then you can be saved. Mm-hmm. But since that's not happening, there's another purpose for it. And I mean, and it comes back to like, even um, the day before nine 11, Donald Rumsfeld came out and said that the Pentagon couldn't account for $2.4 trillion. Right. The very next day, the Pentagon, uh, the spot, the, the section of the Pentagon that um, was targeted had all the financial information and the auditors of that audit and Mm -hmm. so they all died all the information gone and they're just like oh well sorry Sorry, nothing to see here exactly (laughs) that was a total coincidence right and so we know (laughs) that that amount of money didn't leave the u.s economy it stayed in the u.s economy because if you remove 2.4 trillion dollars in 2000 or leading up to 2001 that would have tanked the economy if you actually removed that and put it overseas. So really that money was still being spent within the U.S. They were just like, oh, we couldn't account for it. And that's just a way to hide everything. Mm-hmm. And so the chance of the, the possibility that that money went into building the more and more underground systems and develop this vast network, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that's what they were doing. Right. And I, I could totally understand how that would be a thing. And it's like their own little uh, backdoor piggy bank, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can go and just get what they need when they need it. And then, you know, just tell the American people, we don't know where it went. We can't account for it. And everybody says, okay, no problem. Yep. Cause the very next day, 9 11 happened and everyone completely forgot it even happened. And then fast forward, 2016. Pentagon came out and said they couldn't account for another 6.8 trillion or 8.4. Mm-hmm. It was some large amount that they were like, oh, we still can't account for all of this stuff. And then what happened? The news media focused on Trump versus Clinton. That right. same month, they just started bombarding it. So most people just kind of were like, oh, okay, Trump or Clinton, you know, one side or the other, not realizing that the amount of money that the Pentagon, again, was saying they couldn't account for. And so it's just, all of this evidence is leading to this idea that we're about to witness a natural phenomenon that most people are unaware is even coming. Mm-hmm. And if you're unaware, you can't prepare for it because humanity survived it in the past. We either went underground or went up high into the mountains. Those are the two ways you could survive it. And that's what's coming again. And I truly believe that is what we will see, especially in our lifetime. And everything we're witnessing is gearing us towards this event. Ooh, and I'm it, gonna I mean, be old when that happens. <laughs> well, like I said, if it's if it's you know 2035 or 2050, you're you're not far off. You know, 25 years or less, 26 years, and mm-hmm. it could happen. So I I believe it'll definitely be within our lifetime. 
and it'll it'll i always tell people you got to watch the sun you got to watch you know what's happening with other planets and it's it's all showing signs of this stuff but most people want to ignore it uh and then the Mm -hmm. same thing kind of like why a lot of people focus on gravity and like the theory of relativity is because they view einstein you know as a brilliant man and they don't want to assume he's wrong but when you look at his history i mean he was like a a, a, um uh, like a government agent he worked Mm -hmm. with the cia he pushed theories that he knew were wrong right and uh so there is um a chan thomas and it was an adam and eve story it was in the times and most of it was classified but the parts that weren't classified they released in the times and it talks about a natural disaster cycle and evidence that the government has found through this report that these disaster cycles happen mm-hmm. and that there's evidence of this one that happened 12,000 years ago so the government knew about it and there's a real potential that uh they used cia agents to push fake theories that mm-hmm. then einstein then backed and then it was quickly disproven but then because and it was the earth uh crust displacement theory and they uh quickly disproved that the theory that that was pushed was incorrect so everyone was like oh, okay well it's just wrong so they didn't look into it and more but there's other mechanisms of why it could happen mm-hmm. and so it's just those type of things that i find interesting that einstein really set back science like 100 years right that we would be way more advanced had he not had they actually focused on like tesla's theories and focus more on his stuff we would be so much more advanced but do you think that's a purposeful redirection i do believe it's a purpose purposeful redirection i believe they Mm -hmm. did it because again if you don't know how reality is functioning you aren't going to be able to make the correct choices and it makes you easier to be manipulated and controlled right and that's the whole purpose behind it i'm giving like a theory of relativity where they're like oh we've proven relativity by you know watching in uh um an atom decay in space versus on the ground and they decay at different rates so that proves relativity but they don't take into account that our electrical potential is different while on the ground or in space correct that actually is what's changing the the experiment Mm -hmm. and because that's not being looked at or or taken into account people assume this relativity aspect is true when really there's like one universal time, an atom that spins here on earth, another atom across the universe spins at the exact same time. It's all the same time. It's just, we experience it differently. Mm -hmm. And that's so the, our experience is subjective, but time is objective. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and it's just, uh, time is really just a construct of one event to the next. Right. So you, time can be anything, whether it's an atom spinning or draw, you know, decaying or from one disaster cycle to the next disaster cycle, that time is a very subjective thing that you can look at. But a lot of people like to put time and space together and they're not. It's two separate things. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have space, but then there's time and how you move around. Um, so I just found that when I got into plasma cosmology, all of this stuff started fitting like it. It showed a reason why we see this tyranny and why we're having this big push to the direction we're going it gives at least to me a a view of why it's happening and mm-hmm. why they're doing it because they know this disaster is coming and they have to prepare the us or not just the us but prepare the world for whatever they want to happen next 
Right. One of my other theories is, is that evolution happens in micro and uh, macro forms. So you take Darwinism. Darwinism, I would view as a micro, you know, slow evolutionary progressions down the line. But I believe that we we face sometimes macro evolutions. And that's what happens when these disaster cycles happen and like Earth shields drop. We get bombarded with um, uh, radiation and um, other, you know, solar particles and things like that. And I believe that changes our DNA and causes macro evolutionary jumps. And I think that's what we're about to enter as well. And I believe that's also why they're trying to push transhumanism with technology and getting more into the synthetic world is they're going to try to get us towards that or at least a subgroup of people like that. Oh, that that's definitely a thing because they have Agenda 2040 that that seems like very sci-fi, mm-hmm. space agey, you know, like uh, fro, or cryophos and brains or whatever, and implanting consciousness. And, yeah, yeah. I'm like reading all this, and I'm like, Jesus, sounds like some kind of futuristic movie <laughs> yeah well i mean they had what well, there was some astronauts i forget their name but they were twins and so they had the same dna structure one went into space for like six months to a year the other one stayed on earth and they were significantly different the dna structures of both were significantly different when the one came back to earth showing mm-hmm. that your dna can can change which is why I believe that when we go back and we're like, hey, we don't have the missing link, right? We have, um, you have different types of humanoids that then all of a sudden one sprang up and the other one died off and there's no real jump between. You don't see this slow progression like you would expect with like Darwinism. So my theory is that during these upheavals that happen, that these, you know, cavemen, you know, turned into homo sapiens like we are, and that that we just evolve to this next round. So I believe that we're about to f- witness this next macro evolution to whatever form we're going to be coming into, and that when the dust settles, it'll be a new species or multiple new species going forward and whatever it looks like. And I have no idea how that's going to look or play out, but that's just something that it seems like is there. Because, you know, there is a intelligence system written into the fabric of our reality mm-hmm. that it's it's there. However you look, there is some type of intelligence system um, built into it. And uh, one thing that I like to tell people about that there is a theory in the um, with plasma cosmology that neutrons are actually just protons and electrons paired. And if that's true, then that means that our entire reality is literally made up of positive and negative forces and various combinations. Mm-hmm. And so just like the yin and the yang, things like that. So how simplistic it is, and it's like fractal patterns, just like lightning and stuff. So it fits. And to me, it shows the how simplistic it is, but yet complicated. And only in an intelligent system behind it could actually have that type of system. And Mm -hmm. it's not dealing with gravity or anything like that. And then that plays into my idea of like God, um, that God is everywhere because the energy of the universe, the energy that's coursing through the galaxies, our sun into the earth, everything is all connected. And to me, that energy is what God is. And so that's why we're all touched by God and those same things, why God's everywhere. And it's because it's viewing it 
in that sense. And like I said, the this all of the research I've done all plays into it funneling into this epic disaster at the height of uh, all of the governments around the world getting towards the end of their government life cycle of tyranny before revolution. And it's all coming to this one apex. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, you know, maybe we'd be blessed to live in interesting times. If we're some immortal beings living through multiple lives over and over, how many lives do you want to live that are boring? That you might, I mean, some people every now and then, I just want to live a life that I fish and I don't do anything else. <laughs> That's fine. I could okay. do that too. Right. right? So, I mean, maybe sometimes, but when I play video games, it's not a fishing video game. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer, you know, action and some type of, you know, events that you go through a good story. And so I kind of look at that on, well, if what are the odds that we would be living at the exact moment a 12,000 year cycle happens at the exact moment that this, the world has become basically one society and we're reaching the end of this government life cycle. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's it's a lot of coincidences. And, you know, eventually when is enough coincidences and not a coincidence. Right. And, you know, it makes sense with all of the uh, world leaders that have been um, murdered here mm-hmm. <laughs> lately. I'm like, OK, well, that was coincidental. They just spoke out against x y and z and then tomorrow they're dead yeah it's that interesting so it seems like they're putting their puppets in place absolutely and they have been i mean that's the the mo for them that if you can't just straight kill you know uh discredit someone get someone else in then you can just take them out and then put someone else in and you know They've gotten so good at it that controlled opposition is everywhere mm-hmm. that most people don't realize that, you know, Trump is controlled opposition. Biden is controlled opposition. Right. The BLM, uh, BLM protest was controlled opposition. Antifa controlled opposition. Right. There are all of these different parts. And if you were playing a game that you wanted to maintain absolute control and manipulation over everyone, you would have your hands in everything and control everything because then right. you can dictate the outcome or most likely dictate the outcome with little, you know, chances of. Uh, well, and honestly speaking, that's even in the podcast community. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah, absolutely. really is. And like to a very large extent and, you know, even independent journalist, you mm-hmm. see it a lot in there as well so it's literally infiltrated every aspect it has it has and most and the hard part is is to accept a complete control of it and that's why i say it it's impressive like if you go back i like i I tip my hat to the to what they've been able to accomplish because they are literally in every aspect with Mm -hmm. so much controlled opposition everywhere that it's it's crazy to think because it's so massive. There is no recourse but to start preparing for the collapse or whatever is to come. That there is no way to fix this broken train. That right. Literally, I like to say it's a broken train on fire heading towards a cliff. Yeah, it it's kind of one of those things where, and people have talked about this for a while now, but where it almost needs to be burnt down to the ground. Yep. To restart. Under a different idea other than 
the government or control and whatever, just like, um, oh, what is that called? Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Um, I don't know, but it's kind of, kind of like the, basically the premise around commune theories where you take care of your own, you know, whatever, whoever lives in your area, you don't have to live on the same property, but you know, you trade goods, you trade services, yep. you I mean, like that's, that's pitch really in and, anarchy and, is, and it comes down to where people don't understand what rights are. People don't understand there's three fundamental rights, life, freedom, and property. Mm -hmm. That you can see these rights written into the fabric of reality because you see animals like birds and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, other types of animals out there can actually protect their own property. Like mm -hmm. a bird that has, uh, you know, made a, a nest somewhere. If something starts screwing with it, they might attack it. And mm -hmm. so you see it, a bird even defending its property. So you right. see these fundamental rights that everyone has. And the problem is that most people, a lot of people don't understand that, don't mm -hmm. know that. Or they only say, well, I have rights, but that person over there doesn't have rights. Yes, right. Because they're black or they're other culture or right. something stupid like that. And not realizing that, no, everyone has the same rights. The only, the only time you should lose your rights is if you violate someone else's rights with intent. Mm -hmm. If it's an accident, then, I mean, there's restitutions, but it's an accident. You can't, you know. Uh, so uh, I think that's another problem that government has gotten good at is that they've erased the idea of rights. And now they've pushed the idea of like healthcare as a right. Well, healthcare requires the labor of other people. So right. it's not a right. Your, your rights are inherent or internal they don't require other people's rights to benefit. Right. And so the idea of healthcare as a right is not true. You have the right to seek out healthcare. You don't have the right to receive healthcare. Right. And, and but they built, they definitely built their case for that. And uh, I just saw where California has granted like every illegal in California free healthcare. Yeah. And, my husband is from California and California has been broke for so long that a lot of the time they don't even have money to pay people's pensions. Mm -hmm. So how, well, they're very partnered with uh, the Chinese government though. So I'm sure they'll find the money somewhere, but anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> I have kept you long enough, but I could literally talk to you for like a week straight because yeah. <laughs> this has been the most interesting conversation. And I really, really appreciate you spending your time with me today. I, I appreciate it so much. And so I appreciate you having me on, I, I love, like I said, I love talking about this stuff. This is, this is my passion, you know, like most of, most of my work, um, on journalisticrevolution.com, which is my website, um, mm -hmm. is free. Uh, my book is the only thing that I've charged for. Everything else has been absolutely free. And even a lot of the stuff I have in my book is in my other two articles that are online. Um, I post a lot of stuff on like, Instagram, some stuff on Twitter. Um, so you can find me on there at jeffrey.a.han or journalisticrevolution. Um, those are my Instagram. That's where I mainly am active. Um, and like I said, my, my website, uh, journalisticrevolution.com has a lot of the stuff and it links out to my book. My book is available, uh, which is again, it's COVID-19, uh, the, um, 
uh, short path to you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Welcome to the new age of tyranny that's available on Amazon, or you can contact me and get it through me. Um, it's available on Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's also uh, on the Kindle. So it's, it's definitely out there if you're interested in reading it. And I will make sure that I link all of that in the show notes. So please make sure people that you go check out the work Go to the journalisticrevolution.com. Um, check out those articles that he wrote because they're very informative. Uh, make sure you get his book as well. Give him a follow. And thank you so much, Jeffrey, for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, it was an absolute time. honor. Yeah, I'd love to come back too. And like I said, I, I can talk about this stuff all the time as well. <laughs> me too. I'm a talker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For listeners, thank you so much for joining us for an episode, and we will see you next time.